Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Hope you're all having a good day. Good morning, that is. So I'm trying to do things a little differently because we're having enough glitches doing it the way I had been. This old machine, it's just stressing it out just a little bit much. So I'm trying to go about this a, a slightly different way. And I think it's going to work a little bit better, but we'll just, we'll see. So good morning. Um, I mean, if you're listening in Vietnam, then cool. If you're not, then all right, wherever you're at. Good morning, wherever you're at. So, hey, it's a beautiful, oh, hey, hang on. Mia, good morning, hi. Get a little. You know what helps? Was busy getting everything else set up and I forgot to get the lighting on. So, here we go. That helps a little bit. Brightens the brightens the room up a little, huh? All right. So, I mean, anytime you're doing anything live on camera, it's a good thing to be wearing pants. So it's a good thing I'm wearing pants today. Uh, no comments on how I normally do this. I normally do, but whatever. All right. So, ah, <laughs> uh, so today we are stuttering, stuttering. Wow. This is going to be a fun one today. I like it. So today we're actually going to be studying the third study that we're doing in the book of James. This is the law of liberty. And this is something that we need to hear. We all do. And right now, especially because this hits so incredibly hard on the situations and what we're dealing with in life right now. Now, mind you, history, things were a little bit different, but they were only a little bit different. Remember, not too long after this, uh, the the Jews, and unfortunately because of it was difficult for the Romans to tell the difference, the Jews and the Christians were pretty well kicked out of Rome because of all the rioting, okay? So they were under a lot of conflict. There was a lot of rioting. There was a lot of other types of negative outcomes coming in. Uh, people were having a hard time running their businesses. People were having uh, violence thrown at them. People were having all sorts of stuff. Family strife over beliefs, different beliefs on how they should live their life. Different from today and yet exactly the same as today, right? So this is something that we really need to go over. We need to, to really look at deeply. And this is just the perfect study for what we're going through in this life right now. So crack your Bibles open. It is a small section, but it's it's a really good section. And there's a lot in it. And we're going to bounce around to a few different spots in the scripture to reinforce and to understand better what's happening here. So have your Bibles ready to go because this is, this is an intense one. I hope you guys are ready to uh, feel a little convicted. Okay, The word should be convicting us. If we're not getting convicted when we study the word, there's a good chance that we're... I don't want to say we're doing it wrong, but uh, that we have something going on in our heart that we need to recognize and, and adjust. Okay, let's take a look at this. James chapter one, verses 19 to 27. We are wrapping up the end of chapter one here. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if 
anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks in the perfect law of li- the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Okay, so that's it. That's it. One one page this time. So it's pretty self-explanatory on a lot of this, and it hits pretty stinking hard throughout the entire section. There was a lot going on, okay? And he's being very direct and very straightforward and just in your face. He comes off like a Bostonian. He comes off like my buddy Anthony would and just in your face tells you exactly how it is. Here you go. Drop it right in your lap. Love it, hate it, doesn't matter. This is what it is. And this is what it is. And this breaks down into three basic ways. Number one, be hearers, okay? We are to hear. Number two, be doers. Hear the word and also hear your fellow man and be doers. Act it. Act it out. And third and lastly, true religion. What does religion actually look like? What does God want religion to look like? Okay. Three amazing things that we need to understand right now. So let's take a look. Be hearers. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. This sounds like every parent ever, right? You have two ears and one mouth. Use it that way, right? So James uses Jewish wisdom here on the misuse of the tongue, right? How we speak and how that causes problems. And there was a lot of stuff. There's a lot of references about that specific thing. God really wants us to know that we need to use our tongues appropriately. We need to use our speech appropriately, Okay, let's take a look through Proverbs really fast. Proverbs eleven twelve, Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. 15, 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Seventeen twenty eight, Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed in intelligent. There's three proverbs specifically about how we should speak and that it's really better to like keep your mouth closed sometimes, right? So let's take this in context, all right? The beginning of this book, this letter, because it's a letter, the beginning of this letter, the first 18 verses are an introduction. Okay, so he has his initial, hi, I am. And then he talks about, why am I writing you this letter? Then he cuts from the why. And verse 19 is basically his outline for the remainder of the letter. Okay, verse 19 is his outline. Because you are to be quick to hear, 
which is the remainder of chapter one, all the way through chapter two. Slow to speak, all of chapter three. And slow to anger, which is chapter four and chapter five, minus the very ending, like conclusion, like just the farewell statements. Okay. So this is his outline. Okay. This is the how to book on Christianity. This is God's, James's very practical, like how to do this in real life. And it breaks into three basic things here, speak, and dealing with anger. Okay. So let's go. Oh, wrong keyboard. I told you I'm doing something different here. <laughs> All right. Verse 20. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Okay. Now, getting upset and re retaliating, even just with words, that is the natural human response, but that doesn't make it the right response. In fact, let's think about it for just a moment. The first people be Adam and Eve. Okay. We always think, okay, so Eve gets conv convinced by the serpent, by Satan, to eat of the fruit. And then she takes it to Adam and convinces Adam to eat of the fruit. Okay. Now we always use this as, well, I don't say I want to say always, but we have a tendency to use this situation to say, look, like Adam's gullible or, you know, men are easily made victims from women. No, 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 no. What we really should be getting from this is that anger, that being quick to speak and that anger, early anger is natural through sin and not natural through God's design. He doesn't blow up on her. He doesn't get in her face. And at that point, it actually probably would have been a bit righteous. God specifically said, don't eat that. What are you doing? And now you're trying to get me to do it too? We would, who would hold that against him? Pretty much no one would hold that against him. And yet he doesn't even go there. Why? I don't think anger was part of the design. Getting anger like angry like that was not how God meant for it to be. Fast forward, Cain and Abel. Cain doesn't listen. In fact, he doesn't even listen to God when God approaches him and talks to him. He gets angry and he speaks his words really quickly and he gets angry. And we all know what happens there, okay? So the anger is natural because of being born into a sin-filled world. It is not natural to God's design. It is not natural in our perfect form. That's part of the things that's going away, right? So great. So getting upset and retaliating is natural because we're here in a sin-filled world. It is not natural in God's design. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter six. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But here's what, where's important, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek forth, forth God's righteousness. Guess what? Verse 20 here, what we're looking at. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Oh. So very directly, our anger is not coming from God's righteousness most of the time. Our natural anger, there is righteous anger, don't get me wrong, but 
natural, just human response. Something happens and I'm ah, angry about it all of a sudden. That is not God's righteousness. Okay. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Okay. Don't add on to your problems because then you're just going to get angry faster, right? Romans chapter 12, repay no one evil. Okay, here we go. This is Paulinian from Paul. Very deep, goes very hand in hand with what's happening here. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So that's so far as it's possible, like it depends on you, do what you can to live peaceably. Okay. If people are making it impossible, if people are living impeaceably with you, you can't fix that. Okay. But do what you can to live peaceably among everybody. And it says, beloved, never avenge yourselves. This is so hard for us to hear right now, but man, does the world need it. Never avenge yourselves. Believe it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Think about everything that's happening right now. It's not fitting with what God's word says. As a church, we need to make sure that we are stepping up and acting in a way that actually fits God's word. And God's word is, leave the wrath to God, because vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Not me, Drew, God. Okay. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, we know this, what is it? Feed them. Feed them. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. It doesn't mean you're throwing him into hell. It means that you're adding that mental frustration of what is going on? Maybe am I the bad person here? In this story, I thought I was the, the hero, but am I really the villain? What's going on? And that turmoil, that inner turmoil, right? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay? Overcome evil with good. All right? So responding in anger does not show God in your life, nor does it give God glory. But biting your tongue and trying to understand the other person's perspective in difficult times, right? To understand their position, this leaves vindication to God, okay? And it shows godly love in a difficult situation, okay? So we need to slow down, listen, try to understand. I know the mask thing is getting under everybody's skin. Slow down, listen, Try to understand their perspective. They have that viewpoint for a reason. You have your viewpoint for a reason. They're different reasons, but that doesn't mean we can't understand and we shouldn't seek to try to understand where they're coming from, okay? Especially inside the church, okay? Church to church, Christian to Christian, we especially need to make sure that we are doing what we can to understand instead of trying to create divide. I keep doing that. Wrong keyboard. All right. I'm used to hitting it on that keyboard. Sorry. All right. 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. 
Okay, we're going to hit a few more extra sections here, okay? Let's put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Let's look around and see some other examples uh, of how this sort of thing is, is phrased. Let's look at Romans, okay? Romans chapter 13. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of God. Okay, let's look at Colossians chapter three. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, you know what kind of passion we're referring to, evil desire and covetedness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Now, this obscene talk is not referring to swear words, not referring to uh, certain specific words. It's talking about speaking behind somebody's back, trying to make someone look bad to other people, okay? Talking down among other people or about other people, okay? Put that out of your mouth. Get rid of that. Do not lie to one another, it's another one. Stop lying. Wow. See that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter four. They're darkened in their understanding. Okay. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They're hardening their hearts so they don't understand because they don't want to. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay. So something really sticks out to me here. Okay, first we started off with, with Apollonian. We started off with Paul and Romans, but think about this. Let's actually, I, I'm going to bring this up in one second. Let's finish this verse really fast. Meekness. Meekness is gentleness, not weakness. Okay, it is an M, not a W. Meekness is gentleness, okay? Think about uh, the movie Karate Kid. My kids are obsessed with the movie Karate Kid right now. Oh, so you're you're wanting to learn karate so you can go beat people up? Well, no. Then why are you learning it? So I don't have to. Quickness to anger is actually a sign of weakness, you're lashing out and reacting, trying to prove a point that you haven't really even proved to yourself. Whereas gentleness and that softness isn't weakness. You can be gentle because you know you don't need to lash out. You could if you had to, but you don't need to. Gentleness, meekness is actually a sign of strength and courage. It's not weakness. Okay, Big difference. Very, very big difference. Okay, this implanted word is the gospel, which brings forth the Holy Spirit, right? If you accept the word, you accept Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. And accepting the gospel of Jesus, um, 
and implanting that into your heart, this saves your soul, right? Okay. And we know this changes us when, when we see the fruit. Okay. And we have to show the righteousness of God instead of our natural human behavior and natural being sin-filled, right? Our natural sin-filled human behavior in difficult and trying times. This often brings, uh, begins with listening when we really want to speak, trying to hear the other person out, which reduces our anger when we actually go, they have a reason. They, they've actually thought about it. They're not just being crazy. They've actually thought about it. I might still disagree, but at least they've thought about it. Man, uh, at least we're, we can now talk rational human being to rational human being. That lessens your anger, which shows God's character and his righteousness through your life. This whole section right here, I cannot help but think of Paul. And I look around the world right now with all the anger happening and all these brutal things going on around the United States. And I can't help but see a bunch of Pauls. Okay, because Paul was Saul and he was going around killing Christians because of their beliefs. He was killing people because he disagreed with their belief. Now, he had a religious stance for it. It wasn't just, you know, going out and straight murdering people, but he was doing this stuff, right? Now, God produced a miracle and blinded him, put scales over his eyes so he couldn't see and spoke to somebody else. But it was the love and the kindness of other people that really got him, okay? God's produced these massive miracles, which instantly got him to listen. But what put him over the top, I think, is seeing the actual true godliness in believers. He was out killing other Christians. And these, other, and these Christians were actually taking care of him. God said to, so they were doing it. They obeyed. They were following God in a way that the Jews, even the Pharisee of Pharisees, Paul, wasn't. He recognized that, okay? Love is what turns the corner, not anger, not hate. It's love that does this. Make sure I hit the right keyboard here. So go from hearers to be doers, right? So we need to listen. We need to hear the word of God. And we also need to hear the people that we're discussing. So instead of getting angry, we need to listen. Take the time to listen. Now be doers. Be doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. See, faith without action is dead, right? We know that. In fact, that actually comes from later in this letter. Chapter two, verses 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, you know, shalom, peace be with you, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself if it does not have works, is dead. You have to live your faith. And again, I'm going to say this a couple times probably. If you're not acting your faith, if you're not living your faith as a reality, do you actually believe it? That's a real question to think about and to ask yourself. If you're not living your faith, if you're not acting on your faith, do you actually believe it? That's something to consider. 23 and 24 are together here, right? 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and then goes away at once, forgets what he was like. Okay, so if we look in a mirror, we see something wrong with ourselves. Common sense says to fix it, right? My hair is in a really awkward phase. I'm like getting into the awkward phase of, of this hair length and I'm brushing it and doing what I can, but it's at the point where I wear a baseball cap like all the time. I'm not here because, you know, that would be weird. But most of the time I'm wearing a baseball cap. But if I look in a mirror and I see something with my hair or I'm bleeding or I've got broccoli stuck in between my teeth, common sense says to fix it. But what James is saying is if you say you have faith, but you're not doing anything, it's like looking into the mirror, seeing you have broccoli in your teeth, turning and saying, whatever, or really turning and forgetting why you even looked at the mirror or were in the bathroom to begin with. Okay. It doesn't matter. Eh, whatever. Okay. When we look in the mirror, the spiritual mirror, we need to see Jesus looking back at us, right? We're covered by the blood. We're washed by the blood. So we see Jesus looking back at us. When we walk away from that mirror, we need to not forget the fact that Jesus was looking back at us, okay? That he's living inside of us. That Holy Spirit is living inside of us. 25, but the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's the big section, right? Now he's writing to Jewish believers, right? And I say Jewish believers and not Jewish converts because of something specific. They didn't just convert. They didn't magically go Jesus. No. Christianity is the next step, next step of Judaism. It started with Jewish Judaism with the Jewish belief form and they believed in a Messiah coming, which in in Greek they said Christ, okay? Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, okay? Jesus is the Messiah and is the Christ. And so Jewish believers who then become Christians they accept that Jesus was the Messiah or is the Messiah and is the Christ. And they move to the next step, which is Christianity. Okay. For those of us who our heritage is not Judaism, we got to accept Jesus without going through the Jewish system, right? So it's, but they're going Jewish and it's literally just the next step. It's the continuation. It is the next and final step of Judaism who goes to Christianity. It just does. It's the natural progression. So he's writing to Jewish believers who were familiar with the Mosaic law or the Moses's law, right? So the Ten Commandments and on, right? And it became this really intense, very binding, very holding piece that was basically impossible to, to fulfill by yourself, okay? But he's writing to Jewish believers, so he wants to write to them in a way that they'll understand. So he uses this imagery, Okay, you have and you have known the law, the Mosaic law and the burdens that it has. But if you're look, going to look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, the law that brings freedom, the liberating law, the law of Jesus, 
okay? You're going to leave that rigorous law to the freeing law, the perfect law, the law of liberty through Jesus, and you persevere, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed. Now, something to point out here. Look at this. Look at this verse, 25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, comma, description, description here, okay? The perfect law described, the law of liberty. The perfect law is the law of liberty, Christ's law, okay? Comma, and perseveres, comma, describes. Ah, it's not perseveres and not just a hearer and forget who forgets, but a doer who acts. No, 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 no. This is a description. James is describing what he's meaning by perseveres. To persevere in the law of liberty, you need to not only hear it and then forget about it, but someone who embraces it full-heartedly and acts on it. Okay? To persevere is to act on your faith. And then you have, again, a very Jewish kind of mindset. You're going to be blessed by doing this. Okay? If you live your faith out, God's going to bless you. That's what he's saying. Moving from the Mosaic law, a very rigorous binding law to the law of liberty that opens things up and is liberating you from that, which is Jesus, okay? And you persevere by not just hearing and forgetting about it and going back to your old life, but actually acting on it and living it, you're going to be blessed. That's what he says, okay? Now, the Old Testament law was fulfilled by Jesus as freeing us to perfectly and naturally be in communion with God. Okay, let's look at Romans really fast. Romans chapter seven. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good, meaning the law, then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin which produced death in me and through me. Excuse me. Sin, it was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin. The law was there to show us that we're going against God, right? That we're doing wrong. We were already sinning. We just didn't know it. The law was just there to say, hey, by the way, this is against what I want, against how I designed you to be, okay? And we know we're doing wrong because of the law. So when the law combines with the gospel, it becomes liberating. And for those who accept Jesus and persevere, which is described there by being doers and healers, they will be blessed, right? Just what we just talked about. Now, true religion, what does religion look like? First of all, let's do a side note here really, really fast. Religion and religious, these are bad words today. People cannot stand these words. Why? Because today they don't mean what they really mean. People do not take them as meaning what they were intended as to mean. Today, we look at them and see very ritualistic. Like, what is the formula what steps? How do I go here, 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 here? Kneel, stand, kneel, stand, say 30,000 Hail Marys, whatever it is. Sorry, Catholic friends. It's, I'm not, you just, I'm not saying you're an easy target. I'm just, it, it really, that is what people, when they think Christianity and they think religion, that is kind of what they think. So not trying to throw you under the bus. Love you guys, but it just is. Okay. But people think this and think bad things about it. When really, in this reference, it's more of the traditional sense, which is just a description of what you're faithful to. Like, what do you believe? And someone who's religious, so religion is, what do you believe as far as spirituality is concerned? Okay? Religious means, are you faithful to what you believe? If you're religious, you're faithful to it, like, right? You care, so you act it. Okay? So, there you go. Very simple. Clean and simple. Don't get put off by this. Not Don't pull the, and I've, I've said it too, but the 
It's a, it's a relationship, not a religion. So therefore this doesn't apply to me. No, 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 no. Religion is what do you believe about spirituality? You believe in Jesus. That is your religious stance, period, plain and simple. Don't argue with me on that. You want to go for it, but that's fine. Anyway, if you are religious in this sense, you are faithful to Jesus. You are faithful to Jesus. You are religious. Yes, it is a relationship. We say relationship, not religion, because it's not about the steps. It's not about a formula. It's about a relationship. It is still a religion. It is still religious. Anyway, getting off my soapbox. 26 to 27. Now, this section is very difficult for people to, to think about and to understand because it is specifically about obedience. And I can't tell you how much I can look on Facebook right now and keep seeing this one meme over and over and over again. Obedience is not a virtue. Actually, obedience is a virtue. It's a religious virtue. It, it just plain is. We are actually to be obedient. In fact, everyone is obedient. The question is just obedient to what? Are you obedient to God? Are you obedient to country? Are you obedient to money? Are you obedient to guns? Are you obedient to your spouse? Right? Question isn't, is obedience good? Because we all are obedient. The question is, what are you obedient to? Like right now, and this is going to get me in a lot of heat, and I know it, and that's fine. But it needs to be said. And I've said this a few times on Facebook, and I've said it on here a couple times. Are you an American Christian? Or are you a Christian American? I want to define that really fast. Because I keep having people question and saying that doesn't make any sense. You're making it more complicated than it needs to be. No, this is actually the correct level of complication that it should be. It needs to be like this. Are you obedient to America before God? Or are you obedient to God before America? And that is the question. When I say that, that is what I mean. I choose and I had to make a choice. We all have to make a choice. I choose Jesus over America. It's a very dangerous thing to say right now. But I choose Jesus over America. I will be obedient to God and his word over the law of this land. Okay? On the mask thing, I know nobody's asking me right this second. The only thing I'm going to say is if you look through scripture, you will see very clearly that we have a religious, what is religious? Being faithful to what you believe. You believe in God and the Bible? Okay, you have a religious obligation to the health and safety of others. Masks help spread the disease by stopping it or preventing it from leaving you unknowingly going to someone else. That seems like a pretty easy thing to do. I wear a mask when I go out. Not because I'm worried about getting it, but in case I have it and I'm asymptomatic and I don't know, I don't want to spread it to people to, so to help prevent. Why? Because I care about people. God loves these people, therefore I need to love these people even when I'm angry with these people. And I believe I have a religious obligation to help protect them. So I put on a mask. Not hard. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make this a political stance here or a political statement. I'm just letting you know, this is how I see it. It's pretty plain and simple. It's not fear. It's out of love and respect and mercy. And quite frankly, it's out of obedience to my God. 
God does not say put a mask on. No. He says love, respect, and protect others. So I do. All right. Anyway, this section is hard because it is about obedience. Bridling your tongue, visiting orphans and widows in their affliction, visiting people in their affliction, and keeping oneself unstained. Okay, 26, 27. If anyone thinks he is religious, that he is faithful to his belief system. If anyone thinks he is, take that word out. Let's just do it. If anyone thinks he is faithful to his belief system and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's belief system is worthless. If you think, let's put it in here and take out the religions and just say, if you think you are a follower of Christ and do not bridle your tongue, but deceive your heart, this person's Jesus is worthless. Jesus isn't worthless, right? We're just changing the words out here. This is what this means. If you believe religion is what you believe in spirituality, you believe in Jesus, there you go. If you think you're religious and you don't bridle your tongue, your religion is worthless because you're deceiving your heart. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. It's putting it in action here. Visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So this is breaks down, okay? Bridle your tongue. And this goes back to being a hearer, quick to hear, slow to speak. One mouth, two ears. We need to act like it, right? If you care more about winning the argument than understanding the other person's situation, you're not obeying God. I had a very lengthy discussion this week with someone. And it was not a fun discussion. But I kept asking, help me understand your point of view. I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not trying to offend. I'm not trying to do any of this. I really, honestly want to understand because I don't see it this way and I'm trying to get where you're coming from. And they would say, this is my my biblical belief on this. And I'd stop and said, cool, where's the Bible part on that? And they would go off on feelings. I'd say, great, but where's the Bible? Like, I'm not trying to offend you, but you're saying this is a biblical belief. Show me this. I really, honestly, I was not trying to offend. I was trying to be nice, but I was trying to understand. Okay? Trying to understand. Why? Especially when people say it's it's religious, because right now people are pushing politics and trying to cover it by saying it's religion. I want to know, where's it coming from? Because if you're doing that, you're saying politics is your religion. Which, quite frankly... That's a good chunk of the population, if we're going to be honest. Number two, visit your orphans and widows in their affliction. If your faith is pure, right? If you're pure, if your faith and you're religious and it's pure, you'll act on it. And you're going to comfort those who desperately need it, be it widows, orphans, and also those in prisons, which we saw in a different spot. Also have uh, Deuteronomy 10. For the Lord your God is your is God of gods and Lord of lords. He is great, the mighty. Jimmy, he is the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice 
for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Hey, God loves these people and he provides for these people. And guess what? Sometimes his miracles, sometimes his provision comes from people. He loves them, so he wants to love them through you. Okay? So if your religious is, your religiousness, your belief in Jesus is pure, help these people. Do what you can for these people. We could also add homeless, sick, especially with, with illnesses that ravage people like cancer, and so on. Okay? That's what this is. Being there for people, especially when people need it. It's showing love and showing mercy to those in need. Okay? That's what this is. Being the hands and feet of Christ. And unstained. Okay? Unstained. Keep oneself unstained from the world. Sin looks incredibly beautiful. It's very, very tempting. Guess what? It tends to get pretty messy. And it leaves marks sometimes. Sometimes psychologically, sometimes spiritually, and sometimes physically. Okay? Sometimes it leaves marks. And James uses this, the Old Testament the sacrificial language here to demonstrate this by comparing, comparing, wow, comparing our faith to that of the sacrificial lamb. Exodus 12 says, your lamb shall be without blemish. A male year old, that's not as important, but it's the blemish part. Really, it's just 5a. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Okay? No blemish. Perfect. Flawless. Okay? First Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Okay? So he's talking about and saying, look, you also need to keep yourself similarly to how Jesus was. Perfect. So be washed. He's not saying you're going to achieve this. Okay? He's saying keep yourself away from sin. Don't fall back into the old lifestyle. Don't keep going for it. Try to maintain distance. Keep yourself away from that. That's what he's saying. Okay? Be washed by the blood of Christ, right? And remain in it, choosing Jesus over the world, right? Keep hitting that keyboard. There we go. Hey, you get close-ups on me, you get to see the hair. It's fun. All right, takeaway, what do we get from this? We actually get a lot of things from this. Some of it's very direct. One, we must first be hearers of the word. Then we must be doers of the word. Because we can't do the word if we don't hear the word first, right? Can't do what you don't know. We need to be quick to listen. It's got two ears and one mouth. So we're slow to speak, which then also makes us slow to anger. Okay, don't just get angry. Calm. Listen, why? Help me understand what's going on. Where are you coming from? Once you know I love you, where are you coming from? Right? We need to let go of the world and cling to Jesus. Okay? Stop living for the world and for what the world says and what the world wants and does. Start living for Jesus and what he says and does. Okay? Believe without works, dead. Okay? It goes with that first point there. You can't hear without doing. We must hear and do. Hear first, do second. You can't just 
believe without acting on it. You have to actually live your faith because without it, do you even really believe? If you're not living your faith, do you really even believe it? That's the question. It really is. We must not forget that the word and the spirit live in us. And we must not forget that after we stop looking in the metaphorical mirror. Right? We have to remember that. Even when we're not nose deep into the Bible, even when we're not having our, our, our Bible studies or our podcasts in our ears, when we're out in the world, we need to remember God's here. The Holy Spirit's here. The Bible's here, right? The word is here. And true religion calls for obedience, okay? Listening instead of speaking, being with and helping those in need, okay? And staying away from sin. It calls for obedience. God calls for obedience. It's not a question of, are you obedient? It's a question of, what are you obedient to? God, I want to thank you again for today. It's a beautiful day. I want to thank you for your word. And this, this portion of the word that's very, quite frankly, just cut and dry. It's very plain and to the point. But it's incredibly deep. And it hits hard. And it's something that we all need to hear and we all need to hear right now. God, so I, I thank you for it. I just ask that you help us embody this. That you help us remember this. That you implant this into our hearts and into our minds. So that we don't just hear it, but we also believe it and that we live on it. God, be with us. Amen. Okay, so this was uh, lesson number three of this. It's a great lesson so far. I hope you guys are liking it. So this was the Law of Liberty, chapter one, verses 19 to 27, wrapped up the first chapter here. Guys, I want to thank you again for being here. Um, I ask that uh, head over to the YouTube page. If you're watching this on Facebook, head over to the YouTube page, uh, click that subscribe button. We really need to get that subscription um number up so that we can get a, a better, um, yeah, whatever that's called, a better URL. It'll have a custom link and everything. So um, head over to that. Be sure to hit the like button, um, like it, subscribe to it, hit like here on Facebook. And thank you guys so much for being here. I, I really appreciate you guys. Love you all. And we will see you later. Oh, I forgot to mention next week, next week we are, uh, I will be out of town in theory. So we are not going to have this next Saturday. Um, so we're going to have one, one Saturday off. Okay. But have a great time. And I'll make sure I, I note that on the, on the Facebook page. Thanks guys. God bless. Bye-bye.